Oh, wow. Ryan Porth is sprinting down the hall. What? The Reds are on the radio. What? <laughs> Kurt Casale, friend of the show. Let's start right out of the gates, Kurt. We asked this question that we don't have the answer to. Do you play fantasy football? Do baseball guys play I fantasy sure, football? I, I sure do. Um, I'm the the reigning champion of the Reds fantasy football league last oh, year. Oh, really? Well, well, yeah, well. This year is not going so hot, though. I can tell you that. Well, there's a lot uh, of injuries, as we're finding out. Uh, it's just a weird season um, from just a lot of lot of standpoints. You know, the whole Melbourne Gordon thing, Antonio Brown, and and then you got these you know quarterbacks coming out of nowhere with you know Lamar Jackson. It just it's it's incredible. I mean, it's it's very interesting, and uh, but just really hard to predict this year. And uh, clearly, I was wrong going into the draft night. So you don't feel comfortable right now talking about back to backs? No. Uh, you know what? Never say never. I'm going to have to grind it out just like I did last year. But, uh, no, I, I won't ever count myself out. It's just going to be a, a little bit of more of a challenge than, than it was this year. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe recap and uh, get, get back with me in a couple of weeks, and I might have a different tone in my answer. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you had to challenge injuries, and those are always challenging, right? Because they, they yeah. never it's never fast enough. So we haven't talked to you in a while. So how would you uh, put this season in a capsule for you personally? Uh, I, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the uh, the season I put together. You know what, uh, I, man? I, I know this. This was actually my first start to finish year in the big leagues, and uh, you know, just chopping nice. you know month to month back uh, you know for the past five years, and uh, you know it it for me. I'm I'm proud of that. Um, you know, obviously. I got injured uh, just just shortly after the All Star break. I sprained my MCL, and that kind of that kind of stunk. But it uh, it, it kind of became a you know I keep saying the word grind, but it was a grind for the rest of the year just to try and uh, you know play through some uh, pain. But overall, I feel I feel pretty good about it from a personal standpoint. Yeah, I feel good from a team perspective. Yeah, we we underachieved, and uh, you know I'm, I'm excited to. Uh, see what we do going into this offseason and you know just can cross my fingers and hope that uh, I'm a part of that plan well congratulations by the way on your start to finish thanks. that's awesome thanks. thanks that is really cool um when you watched last night uh, th- that's tough to watch right probably a little bit of it uh, when you see oh, a rookie you know make that mistake and you know it'll whatever even if he says all the right things you just know privately it'll probably haunt him for a long time, but what was your takeaway from last night's crazy finish? That was that was hard to watch, um, just because you know I, it could have happened to anybody, and um, you know it, it probably would have been better if it happened to somebody with uh, you know a lot of experience on that team, like a veteran. But uh, man, for 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 Grisham to have that happen to him in that in that situation, it just uh, you know it kind of just like it hurts my heart a little bit for the guy, but. Um, you know he's he's a nice person. I've I've played against him for a couple months now, and he's he's a tremendous player. He's a big league player, and uh, um, it just I don't know I don't know what was going through his head. I, I can only just you know offer my sympathy for the guy, and you know hopefully he bounces back. And I, I'm I'm sure that whole city of Milwaukee will rally around him. Sometimes when when something terrible and unfortunate like that happens to to a guy, it actually could bring out something incredibly positive in the end. And um, I, I hope that. For, for Trent and and uh, you know just 
I can't express how bad I feel for the guy. It's just, it's so tough and, um, you know, clearly changed the game. And, uh, but there was a lot of other things that led up to that inning, uh, being extended, you know, the Zimmerman blue pit, um, you know, the, the weird Michael Taylor hit by pitch foul ball, whatever. I mean, it just, there was a lot of things leading up to that moment that won't, won't get talked about because of, uh, because of the, the mishap by Grisham in the outfield. By the way, real quick, Kurt, just because you you see that all the time in the position that you're in, Council yeah. said afterwards he hadn't had it hadn't taken a good look at it at that point when they were interviewing him, but felt like there were a lot of people telling him that it was bat arm, and so they kind of were maybe a little bit disputing it, but didn't have a good look. What what was your takeaway? And was that, that the right that call? Instance, yeah, I think it was the right call. Um, it. it you know, he, he kind of he choked up a lot on that bat. I don't know if anybody was talking about that, so he gave a little bit more surface area for the ball to hit. But, it, you know, the call in the field was that it was a hit-by-pitch, and that is the clear evidence of where, like, the baseline of the entire play, right? And if there's nothing to dispute it, nothing clear to dispute it, it's like every other, you know, NFL replay that you ever see, it's just – the call on the field has to stand. And I just, I don't, I didn't see anything from that perspective for, um, you know, that, that to be disputed or changed. But, and, and that, in that playoff instance, I, I think they got it right. And, and I, I think they, if they called a foul ball, that, that would have been pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, I, those, those, those guys would have to answer for it. But at the end of the day, I think they made the right call. And unfortunately for the Brewers, it started a huge rally. Cincinnati Reds catcher Kurt Casale on the line with us talking a little baseball here and Kurt another thing that dawned on me watching that game was it was so much it was just a a souped up intense version because it's winner take all of what we've seen really all year long two pitchers throwing extremely hard 97 98 99 but at the same time every hitter is a threat to hit it out it's such an interesting concept that goes on Uh, it, it may not you know, it's just different than what the game has been in the past, but that's what we've seen really all year long and probably what we're going to continue to see in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, especially in that setting. Uh, I mean, the fact that Woodruff was able to go four for the Brewers was was probably, you know, uh, Craig Council's best situation. You know, with, uh, you know, with their pitching staff, they were just going to, you know, piece it together. And that's honestly, the Brewers are really tailored to that type of game. Like, um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, I'm shocked that they lost because it's just what they do. They're just, you know, they piece together things. And then when you get to the eighth inning, you got, uh, you know, Hader coming in and Hader was throwing much harder than he was at the end of the year as well, because, you know, the, the playoff juices are flowing. And uh, on, on the opposite side of it, you know, Scherzer was, uh, you know, they ambushed him early. And I can't, I can't imagine that he thought that that was going to happen. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've seen Woodruff just, sitting 99 like that and touching 100. I've faced him a, a bunch of times, and he, he throws hard, but never that hard. But I think um, the the really interesting thing that maybe the fans are, are starting to notice is how often the the, uh, the Brewers and the Nationals, if you look at the catchers, how far up that they were trying to attack the zone. Normally it's like, you know, you want to stay at the bottom of the zone to get ground balls, and it, it's it's turned into the low ball actually is a much easier pitch to hit Long, hit far and hit and elevate and now it's just it's hard to see what the elevated fastball at 99 probably has a perceived velocity of probably 105 which is much much harder to uh to square up but 
you know, Yasmani Grandal was at the top of the zone all night last night. I, I thought that was pretty cool because it's something we, we did the entire season two, and now maybe uh, the rest of America can uh, see that's a, a, a definite trend going forward. Yeah, it's definitely different than it was a generation ago. You wouldn't teach yeah. pitchers to try to aim for the top of the zone, but that is happening a lot for sure. Now, you guys, Kurt, for the Reds, have figured out some stuff with pitching. Uh, we we, we yeah. talked about it last year with you. with Derek Johnson, a former Vanderbilt pitching coach. Caleb Cotham, who just got a big promotion for you guys. Sonny Gray yeah. has a great year for you. So just just putting together a game plan, pitching in the big leagues these days with all the home run hitters out there and all that we're talking about here, what, what's, what's the key? Like, where is the trend going? I, I think we're all curious uh, to where it goes from here. Well, if we, if we just want to talk about it from our perspective, you know, we definitely were, were uh, trying to attack hitters with fastballs at the top of the zone and breaking balls under the zone. It's kind of just like the, the uh, up and down mentality versus the east and west because just from our our staff's perspective we didn't have a whole lot of guys that you know that moved the ball that you know sank the ball i mean sonny can do it a little bit into righties and luis castillo who had an unbelievable year he's going to throw hard sinkers and change-ups but the majority of our staff and bullpen included uh they throw a straight fastball so they try to get you know that high spin rate that like i said before has a higher perceived velocity than what it actually fires up on the radar gun and that was just as, as simple as dj and caleb being able to identify the talent that we had what type of pitches they have what type of uh you know we, we call them rpms you know uh, on the baseball you know you could uh compare that to you know a car if you will but uh, and it's just identifying how how much you spin the ball uh where your best uh spot to you know throw it and then have it dive off of that is and just collectively put it all together to, to create a, and, and we did, uh, a really, really great pitching staff and, and what most people in, in, uh, or most, most fans in, in this league would say that Great American Ballpark is just not a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But, um, you know, they were able to identify that and, and create a really good staff this year. I was happy to be a part of it. Kirk Casale here with us, Reds catcher. And I want to get your thoughts real quick because I know you didn't see the Braves a ton but you know the Cardinals quite well, uh, having played them in the division. Uh, How is that lineup going to match up against the Braves' pitching rotation of of Keuchel, Fultonevich, and Soroka? Uh, Let's see. I mean, so Keuchel's going game one, right? Yep. So you've got right-handers like Goldschmidt, Osuna, Yadier Molina, Harrison Bader, uh, Paul DeYoung. I mean, I I, I think at least for a lefty starter, the Cardinals really – match up quite well um and that's not to say that a righty's gonna you know give them fits but i would say that you know their their thump is in their their right-handed uh lineup but you know keiko's gonna try and sink the ball on them um we didn't really have a left-handed sinker baller this entire year so you know they they uh, i don't even know if they face many of them because i would say our our division is pretty right-handed starter dominant but the way that the the Cardinals are playing right now, it's um, you know you got to believe that they're they're going in with a lot of confidence, and uh, you know obviously me being a fan of uh, catching, uh, you got one of the best in the game back there to be able to dissect the lineup, and you know Yachty, uh, I, I look up to that guy all the time. I mean, I, I it, anytime I get a chance to you know get a snippet of information off of them just like you know just speaking with them in the batter's box or something I, I i pay close attention to so with a guy like that 
leading the charge along with, you know, Jack Flaherty, uh, you know, um, Miles uh, Mikolas, um, and, and, and the rest of them, you know, with Martinez and Miller and, and, uh, those guys backing up the end of that, that bullpen. I, I like the Cardinals chances and, um, we certainly didn't have a whole lot of success against them this year. And, um, I, I can imagine them making a decent run this postseason. Kurt, we would love to have you as kind of our insider for the playoffs if you're up for the task. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'd, I'd love to. I, I don't know if, I've, if I'm technically allowed to do that, but, hey, we can, we can see what we got. I can, well, I can at least guess for you. Well, there is, a, there, is a, there is a warning that the pay sucks, so I just want to let you know. The pay <laughs> stinks. Okay. All right. But so we would love to have you on. Playing the game first. <laughs> just to talk about it, you know, but the pay is not very good. Stick to baseball. That's okay. You guys don't need to. You guys don't need to pay me. I'm, I'm still in my winding down, uh, you know, moments from from the season. <laughs> so this is a good. This is a good way to cool down, if you will. I like it. Hey, we uh, we would love to. In all seriousness, we would love to talk to you periodically through uh, uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs and get your insights. So um, thanks for doing yep. this, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, that is Kirk Casale, Cincinnati Reds catcher and former Vanderbilt player and uh, we always enjoy our conversations with him a lot of insights and he will be in smashville tomorrow night for the opener awesome that's he is, great he, he will be paying close cool. attention to the to the gold jerseys he, uh, he's into it well that will not be the only time he'll be in attendance true he'll be in bridgestone a lot during the off season all right we'll come back wrap up wednesday's show next